Impact Rib Media presents NFT. Dr. Jeremy here. Uh, you know, gonna be blunt. This was my favorite episode of NFT I've made to this point. Out of 19 episodes, this is my favorite. And it's my favorite for a couple reasons. One, my guest is uh, Jenkins the Valet, uh, a VVVIP ape in the Board Ape Yacht Club community. But I feel like Jenkins has a uh, a really brilliant idea for this project that he's about to launch, as well as I feel like he does a as good, if not better job than anybody I've come across in this NFT space at really thinking through some of the complexities uh, of this space. And, and you'll hear in the interview that him and his team have taken a really meticulous and careful approach in the way that his project has been created. And you know, we will spend some time talking about derivatives. And I feel like coming out of this conversation was the most clarity that I've had around what a good derivative project looks like. Um, seeing what Jenkins has done around his board ape. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. And uh, it was my honor to have Jenkins, the valet on the podcast. He, he took a break from parking cars and he joined me to talk about his NFT journey and the really exciting Jenkins, the valet NFT project that is coming uh, with the writer's room. Uh, it's going to be coming in the next, uh, you know, couple days. So without further ado, let's jump into it with Jenkins, the valet. Let's go. Joining me on the mymoment.com guest line, my moment, the best way to physically display your NFTs is none other than Jenkins, the valet. Jenkins, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on the, on the pod, Jeremy. Oh no, man. It's my pleasure. Uh, you know, you first came onto my radar way back, what seems like lifetimes ago in episode two, uh, with my good friend Vivek Ravishankar, who talked about you being a good follow on on Twitter as an ape, and uh, you know you you've been busy. So before we get into you, you know your your project that you have going on now, why don't you just start by like describing your journey into NFTs and and what landed you into apes specifically? Totally. And first of all, I should say that that uh, episode two feels like it was a decade ago. So time really has been flying in, in NFT world. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure that most people uh, who answer the question about how they got into NFTs, especially in, in 2021, probably start with Top Shot. Indeed. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I may surprise you. Uh, although I'm a big basketball fan, I did not get into NFTs with Top Shot first. So many of my friends did. I followed the wave really closely. Um, I even actually bought a, a digital picture frame for a friend as a gift so that they could display like an OG Ananobi moment. Um, and so I was sort of around the space, but I, I never um, actually got into Top Shot. I watched people go down the rabbit hole a little bit further with Zed Run um, and found that really interesting. I, I never was uh, I never was like a big collector with anything sort of like, let's say like just in the, in the regular old universe. Um, but I've, I'm, I've always been interested in like games and um, just like creating things and stuff like that. And so um, Zed sort of started to pique my interest too, but I didn't get into that either. And then when I started to see, um, uh, generative art avatar projects come up, I knew that that was like a space that I really wanted to be involved in. Um, 
as a writer, which I know we'll get into a little bit, I, uh, I'm always thinking about just like different characters and different situations and things like that. And so the first NFT I ever bought was called a bloop. It's a really cute little guy. I, I created an alt Twitter account, um, with the bloop and, uh, sort of like a, almost like an alien boy, honestly, but more cartoony and like a little happier. It's like a really big I'm head. looking it up right now because I have no idea what it looks like. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. The bloops are sort of alien boyish. So, so you got into bloops and, and walk me through what happened from there. Yeah. Um, so from there, uh, the, the reason that I got into to a bloop at all was that I um, was really interested in creating an alt Twitter account. <laughs> uh, I really wanted to engage and participate in this like pseudonymous world that I saw being built and especially sort of being underpinned by NFTs. I suppose people have been using sort of cartoons for their um, for their avatars uh, on social for a long time, but I felt like it was sort of like especially um, important that uh, if you did it through an NFT, you sort of actually were the character because you because you owned it. Um, I've I've been spending a lot of time over the last few months trying to like really put my finger on exactly what that is, like why the why the ownership matters so much and. Um, I have some thoughts, but, uh, I think all of us are sort of still trying to work that out. Uh, but so I started just engaging with people on Twitter. Um, I don't know. I think something that's true about a lot of people in 2021, especially people in the, in, in the NFT spaces, like we like talking to people on the internet. Um, so I started doing that as a bloop. And then it was a few days after, uh, the board eight primary sale. And uh, so I started seeing apes everywhere. And so I did you did you get in on the on the initial drop, or did you get yours in the secondary marketplace? I got mine on the secondary marketplace. Okay. Um, a couple days later, you know, uh, uh, people had minted as many as they could on the yeah, primary. Right. So there were a lot of people in the board ape Discord who had, you know, I don't know, somewhere between three and, in some cases, right, like three hundred. Um, <laughs> And so, and so it was pretty easy to get one after the first few days, you know, you just had to connect with someone. You had to really basically like ask in like general, Hey, does anyone have any hip that they'd sell me? And then, you know, I, I got connected with someone and, um, they, uh, the, the ape that is now known as Jenkins was available. And I, I just like, I, I loved him. Okay. Uh, so that was going to be my next question. You, you see, you're kind of networking in the discord and are you shown multiple apes or does it just, is it like pure circumstance that this person that you're talking to just says, Hey, what do you think about this one? And you instantly connect with it to walk me through. That. Yeah, totally. I, I was shown multiple apes. Um, and I actually, uh, I was pretty close to pulling the trigger on a different ape um, that didn't have the same connection to me as Jenkins does. Um, and I think that maybe you've heard other people say that before. It's also sort of a hard thing to explain because it's like sometimes the art just like clicks with the person. Um, and in this case, uh, some of the, some of the apes are like a bit 
grungier than uh, than Jenkins. Like they just look like sort of I don't know angry. The aesthetic or like is different for sure. You know some of the zombie skin ones and exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. I know someone who has a who has a zombie skin one who's like who loves it. He's like a skateboarder, and his whole story around the ape is that the um, the ape was in a skateboarding accident, and it just doesn't it just doesn't click for me as well. Yeah. And so when I when I finally did get to Jenkins, um, I and 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 I should say that like one of the reasons that I was really excited about apes, and I think it's so much credit to the to the BAYC founders, is that they did such a good job with the art. There's so much personality in each one. I felt like I could do something with an ape that I couldn't do with the first like bloop that I that I had, which was that like I could build personality around it. And yeah, so when I it, saw Jenkins, I saw personality. And and so one question that I'd have for you would be how much of the sort of um, Jenkins persona came from just your initial connection to that that avatar specifically, and how much of it came from the whirlwind of the community and everyone starting to collaborate and, and bond and, and like, you know, become a cohesive community. Like what, what was the sort of balance between what got you so involved into Jenkins specifically? Great, great question. Um, I mean, the community deserves so much credit. It is, uh, it is like by far my favorite little corner of the internet these days and like I, I can't really see that changing i mean it is just like such an incredible supportive place people are so engaged people are so creative um you know we're all like out on this sort of like frontier because this is like such a um, nascent space and so it's a bunch of people who are like um sort of like-minded at least that they want to try to like build more um you know, more creativity and more things for people to do on the internet. And so I, I think like that, they deserve a lot of credit for that. I should note that like, I have a, a personal Twitter account that I haven't been on in months because I've had so oh, much fun gosh. with, with in, 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 in this sort of alt Twitter. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should mention that, I, you know, in, in, I, it's not even my previous life in my current life, I'm a school principal, um, of two schools and, and I was in a podcaster of education podcasts for three or four years. Uh, super involved in edu Twitter there, had an account with several thousand followers there. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I closed it down just like uh, last week. I sent a message saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm only tweeting about NFTs now, uh, to which much of the people on that side of, of the Twitter sphere said, you know, what the hell is an NFT? And yeah. uh, <laughs> which I said, well, follow me and find out. Um so, so no, I, I can definitely identify with that sort of, um, that sort of draw into the NFT space now. Okay. So you have Jenkins at this point, right? And yep. you're, you're seeing the personality and you're feeling the connection with Jenkins, the character. So can you walk me through sort of the next steps in terms of that evolution from the short stories and, and, and how that happens? Yeah, Definitely. So the first or second day that I had Jenkins, that I had the ape who is now Jenkins, um, I was just, you know, spending some time like looking at him, thinking about him. It was obviously on my mind. I, uh, um, I was proud to have like aped in uh, because there was already so much support 
on, on Twitter. And, um, you know, my DMS were flooded with other apes, just messaging me like ape follow ape and things like that. And so I was spending like, you know, more time than I maybe would have expected with the ape. And I was looking at him and I was like, man, this, this ape looks like a valet. Like there's just no way around it. Like he's wearing a valet hat. He's wearing a valet vest. Like he, he, if you like go to a fancy club or a hotel or something like that's the person that's out there you know, waiting to pick up your car or something. Um, and so the name like Jenkins, which felt like a sort of, um, I don't know, like Jenkins feels a bit of like a, like a service trope would be like the name. It'd be like on your, on your like name tag or something. Um, so Jenkins, the valet just like popped into my head and, um, and maybe I've, you can I'm answer a question that I've had for a long time, which is, does Jenkins sure. have a British accent? Jenkins like wishes he had a British accent. He's, he's, he's the type of valet who has like looked online before to see if there were like courses he could take, if he could like fly out to like the British countryside and spend a weekend on a workshop to be like an even better valet. Okay. But no, Jenkins, okay. um, he grew up on the other side of the swamp. Like he grew up poor and he's hustling to try to like make it with, the other board apes who are all at this club because they've just been like, I don't know, farming yield for a decade. Okay. Got it. So you, you know, you're at this point where you're becoming one with Jenkins, you're seeing the potential for the valet character and it feels right. You have a name. And so, you know, what's the, what's the sort of call to action then from there? Yeah, absolutely. So I spend, um, uh, I spend a decent chunk of, of every weekend, but my, my day job, I'm a, I'm a product manager for a public consumer tech company, which can be pretty busy Monday to Friday. Um, but as many big companies go, it can be not that busy when you shut that laptop, you know, at the, at the end right. of the day. And so I spend, I spend, um, a lot of my weekends, you know, doing things that I like, um, often, you know, reading or writing. And so shortly after, um, getting Jenkins, I mean, in those, in those first couple of days after I had, like, I knew he had a name, he had a character, like I, I was starting to just like play through my head, like who, who could this ape be? Um, I decided that, uh, my fiance was, um, we were going to go to a coffee shop and, and, um, read some books. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to write for an hour and I'm going to, I'm going to write some Jenkins backstory because I think it'd be fun. There was, there was, I wanted to do nothing except for contribute to the community. Like I thought that if I could just add like a little bit to the board of community, I would be doing sort of my job. Yeah. You're you're like, you're pulling your weight, right? Like you're adding to this really, really sort of like bunch of creatives and okay, I'm with it. Keep going. Totally. Yeah. And so I, um, and so I wrote, I wrote the story. There's, there's sometimes uh, and everybody's got sort of different things that where they feel this for me, it definitely happens when I'm writing creatively where like the time just sort of melts away. Like you just look up and you've got, I don't know, sometimes 500, sometimes 3000 words or something. And like, you're just like, Whoa, like where did, well, how did that happen? Like, I just, you know, I guess you're like in a bit of a flow state or something. And that, that certainly happened with my first Jenkins story. And I sent it to, to my, my best friend who had, who had already aped in. 
Um, he's on Twitter as C ape follow ape. And uh, I'll talk maybe about him in a bit because, because he's been instrumental to everything that, that we've done with Jenkins, the ballet um, sort of since, and, and, and what we're doing with our community generated book. Um, and so I sent him my little story on Jenkins and I said, Hey, like, I think, uh, I'm going to post this. I think that it's like pretty cool. Um, I'm happy. I think people will think that it's interesting. You know, the story starts like my mom cried when she found out that I got the job at the board API club. Um, you know, I was never supposed to be anything. So the opportunity to be, this is like life changing for me goes through to talk about how discretion is the most important thing for, for an ape, especially for a valet who's doing a bunch of different jobs for folks at the club. But now the board API club is sort of blowing up, which it was at the time and obviously still is. Um, and so uh, I'm getting, you know, DMS saying that they're ready for my tell all. Uh, and, and, which is obviously fictitious, but like that's the sort of premise of everything that Jenkins is doing. So because of that, I'm saying, you know, um, forget discretion. I'm going to come out and tell the stories of all these like apes that I did odd jobs for. Uh, and I think what was interesting about that and what, what people liked about that is it is it passed the ball out to the community to say, hey, like come mm-hmm. back to me and let me know wh- what kind of, like what did we do together? Like what kind of crazy stuff did Jenkins help your ape with? And how can we write stories about your apes to further contribute to the community to build more IP around the different avatars that are out there? Well, and, and to stay there for a second, you know, uh, one of the things that that I've been thinking about a lot as a content creator is how do I sort of turn my engagement into this this sort of I make a podcast and then it goes out to the world like passive engagement for the audience and how do I turn that into active engagement. And so I bought some land in this uh, play to earn game called League of Kingdoms and have been interacting with a lot of people who listen there and uh, set up our own little alliance. But I think I think you're spot on in saying that like that idea of throwing the ball back out to everyone else takes it from something that someone can just enjoy and read and digest to something that they can interact with. And that that's where the magic happens. Yeah, totally. Um, and there's there's a there's a few ways to do that when you're writing stories, and that's, um, you know, I've I've tried to um, bring people in and participate with me in, in in a few different ways. I mean, one of the biggest ones is every time we uh, I would write a short story, um, I would make sure that it was sort of littered with like the current events of what was happening in the space at that time. I think. Um, the first Jenkins story, there's a few little ones like, a, a, and this is pretty subtle, but um, I say that they're like, there weren't, there wasn't an open sea of opportunities for, um, for, a, you know, an ape from the other side of the swamp and, and um, folks like the call out to open sea, but there would be, you know, in a recent story, um, uh, let's see, there was the time where I think little John got verified on OpenSea at like way too quickly. And people were sort of like, oh, like it was the beginning of the celeb cash grab kind of movement. And uh, so we worked, we, we worked that, um, and when I say we, I would often send stories to my, to my friend, now my partner, Safa, um, uh, which stands for see it, follow it, because he <laughs> never saw an AP didn't follow. Um, I'd send him the stories ahead of time and he would sometimes you know, we, we'd, we'd work through like, what are like the little things, like the Easter eggs that we could sneak in. And so, you know, we work like, 
the little John controversy into one and all sorts of things like that, crazy gas prices stuff. And, and that helps get people um, uh, in because they're like, yeah, I was dealing with that too. And so then there's like the conversation just gets pushed forward. Yeah. Yep. So you've been writing the short stories and walk me through the step between I'm writing these sort of, you know, independent but cohesive short stories. I mean, they fit within the broader scope of the board ape community to I'm going to start a, like a full on project uh, yeah. with an ER, ERC 721. So walk, what happened there? Yeah, totally. It started, it's been really organic. Um, I, I'd say it started with the first story that I, that I ever wrote. Um, the BAYC like official account retweeted it. Um, I got, it just, it went sort of like viral in the community. And so there was so much support. Um, as a product manager, I, I sort of saw it and I was like, oh, like there's, there's like a little bit of like fit here. You know, there's like story community fit. People really like this. And so I was encouraged to write more. And each time I wrote one, um, I got, you know, more and more feedback. And I, and I started to um, hear from people in the community, like what they liked and sort of where they thought it could go. I would say like in this sort of grassroots way, like in the Twitter DMs and in Discord, I was even beginning to do some like user research to learn like what people might like without, without explicitly setting out to do that. Like I just was participating in the community. Um, and uh, after maybe my third or fourth story, um, I, the Board Ape founders posted their, their Medium post about the um, uh, Board Ape Yacht Club community grant program. And I thought if I could win a community grant, I could get a little money coming in that I could spend to try to build out something like a little more official. Um, and so I applied for the, for the community grant program and my wheel started spinning about like, what could I do if I won? Um, and that's how I got to, to the, the bigger project, which is a full feature book. And at first I was thinking I, I would just write, I would write a full feature book. It's, it's not, um, it's not a huge jump to take, uh, you know, a bunch of 500 to a thousand word stories and then think about how you could make it, I don't know, 20,000 or 30,000 words, right. which would be like long enough in, in this case. Um, but as I started interacting with more and more people in the community, it just hit me like Jenkins, the valet is a service ape. His whole story is that he helps other apes with the crazy stuff that they need to do it would be wrong not to try to bring the community in and i got sort of so obsessed with this idea of like a community generative book there's all so these so, like, yeah. so so talk to me specifically about what that phrase means when you say community totally. generative book like um, if someone's listening to this and they're trying to wrap their head around what what does that mean if you're a token holder why don't you break that down for us yeah, absolutely. So if you think about, um, you know, the avatar projects that have dropped recently, um, I think the the way that they're usually talked about is that it's like generative art, where the artist creates a series of properties, and then you uh, basically write some code that combines them randomly. And then it's like, it's like computer generated so that when you mint the NFT, you get something random that is a combination of any type of properties. And I think that that's pretty cool, but I also think that it, um, 
sometimes can be divisive because everybody on the primary is minting at the same price. Someone gets a trippy ape. Someone gets an ape that looks like a valet. Like in the in the in the board ape case, it actually everyone had, I think has stuck together really well. Um, yeah, there was some like cheetah gang stuff for a while. I remember seeing that, and then there was the apes versus the me bits, which was really funny, and um, different things happening with that. But yeah, for the most part, the community's been pretty cohesive from start start until now. Totally, and I should note that in in a story that we did once, I mentioned that uh, it was about the ape father, the head of the ape mafia. That that story ends with uh, a severed three D voxel head floating in the ocean. And uh, I have a lot of regret, actually, for writing, putting that negative Mebit energy out into the universe. We just were trying to participate in, like, the, in, in, you know, what was going on. But we've definitely... It was what was happening at the time, just like you said. Yeah. You know, your, it, it, your, your short stories were a response to... It's, they're almost like an, a, a, a moment in NFT community history reflecting kind of what was happening at that moment. So that was what yeah, was happening. definitely. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I just want to, I want to try to contribute in a more positive way going forward. Um, yeah. And so we, um, so uh, let's see the, the, yeah, I, I find sometimes with the, um, with just like the generative art pieces that especially with, with um, if you, if you mint an NFT because you're excited about the project and you want to participate with the community there's no stress, but I have seen over the last say month or two, stress does sort of seep in when people feel like they, they, um, like there was a rug pull because they, they minted something that they think like looks worse or has some properties that are like way worse than what they expected. And so community generative is, I don't think it really means anything like by definition, but what, what, what we mean when we say it is it's not going to be generated by code. It's going to be generated by us. So you will mint an NFT that it, there's, there's four different NFTs. There are, there's a yacht, uh, a valet ticket, yacht keys, a valet stand and a yacht sort of scaling up from a valet ticket all the way to a yacht with different levels in our writer's room and, um, I can dive into each of those, but I'll I'll just close the loop on and, what we mean when we yeah. So are those are those different ETH prices at the drop? Or are those randomly assigned to you based off of the initial mint? It's a blind mint. Each, Got it. Each each one costs point oh six nine four two zero ETH. So so point oh seven ETH. Um, the the only thing that you get with the different tiers is more voting power in the sort of writer's room um, user experience, which I'll talk about because that's the key to community generative. Yes. Um, and also we thought that it was the most equitable way to determine who would be written into the story in, in sort of what's your level of involvement. Because it seems, it often seems like it's a popularity contest with a lot of these projects, just like who, who knows who the best, who can campaign the best, who can do the most giveaways, things like that. And that's like no shade to any other project who's who's licensing um, avatars from people because anyone who's doing that is pushing the space forward, uh, and that is huge. But we we wanted to think about what would be the way that like that would give anybody a, a fair shake to be written into the full feature Jenkins book, 
And the way we thought about doing that was by having randomly assigned NFT tiers that that would correspond to different levels of involvement. Makes sense. Um, every tier get in the writer's room gets to vote on proposals about what happens in the book and also gets to submit proposals too that may actually make it to a vote. And so that kind of thing is like simple, like what, what should the genre be, right? I imagine is one of the first ones we'll start with. Should it be a mystery? Should it be a romance? Should it Definitely be a romance, like, yeah. 100%. <laughs> totally. We need to, I think Mrs. Jenkins might be upset if I was spending too much time <laughs> writing romance, but uh, that's, that, that's a good one. And um, uh, all the way through to like, what's the, um, at this point, like, let's say we, I posted three chapters and you've read it. And then it's like, at this point in time, what should the plot twist be? And there's maybe somewhere between five and 15 options for ways that we can take the story in. And always one option that says like, none of these, like, show me more because there should be a way, like, it shouldn't just be up to like the writer at the center to like own every proposal. It should, it really should be, um, it should come from the whole community. Uh, but you just need a way sort of to make it work at scale, which is why like one person owns the like creation of options and then people, and then people vote. Um, and so that's what we mean when we say community generative, it's that the output of the book will literally be dictated by every member of the writer's room community who has applied votes to proposals and potentially even submitted proposals themselves to determine what the final form is. So, you know, I'm an Ape DAO member, but I don't have my own Ape. Is the is your project open to non-Apes and Apes alike, or do you have to be an Ape holder to buy one of your NFTs once the drop happens? That is a fantastic question. I'm so happy you asked. You do not have to hold a board Ape to join the writer's room. So anybody can participate in voting on proposals in the writer's room. Um, there are there are a number of perks that you get um, for joining the writer's room. You can apply voting power to, um, to any proposal that exists. Um, you get a fraction of the final output will be a one of one book that you get a fraction of. Um, if you if you're in the writer's room at the time, we'll take a snapshot. We're doing a partnership with with uh, Andy from Fractional Art. You get a physical copy of the final book if you're in the writer's room. Um, you get access to a writer's room in the metaverse. The first one is the real estate sandbox plot there. Uh, you get exclusive writer's room uh, and Yacht Valley merch. There's a bunch of other stuff. And uh, if you hold an ape, you get the opportunity to license your ape to the story it's in exchange cool. for a licensing fee. If you don't have an ape, you still get all those other things. Um, and in the future, we're already in conversations with other avatar projects. Um, and, and my partner Safa and I are already, we, we, we have, um, we've really taken like, we, we've considered legal to be one of the most important aspects of this project to make sure we, everything's above board. And we're starting to understand sort of the terms and conditions and licensing um, wording that is most consumer friendly. So that if you own an avatar, what, how could that be written so that it would be best for you so that you could sort of best um, uh, uh, like license an avatar in the future? And so if you're in the writer's room and you don't have an ape, in the future, we'll probably offer licensing agreements for other projects uh, and, and potentially maybe even make our own. But that's way down the road. 
See, and, and, you know, in our pre-interview, we touched on this a little bit, but I feel like, you know, lost in the crypto funks discussion, um, which is it, is it a ripoff or is it a fair derivative is like the sense that it's extremely difficult as a consumer to determine if you are, if you're buying a licensed derivative or not. Like if, if I'm new, newer to the, and even if you just say, Oh, we'll do your own research. It's not really that simple. So I really appreciate what you're saying, which is, you know, not half-assing it and, and trying to create clarity around intellectual property and derivatives, because essentially these licensing agreements are, are basically these characters are, are sort of like derivative works within your major your major work, right? Which is all under the board eight guys. So there's a lot of layers to that. But I think the 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 sort of forward thinking around trying to create clarity for that is a lot of what's missing in this sort of derivative conversation right now. So I think that's uh, that's really exciting too. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, to me, I think that derivatives have a really special place in in this industry. I mean, derivatives like that's like how we communicate, right? Like you you say something to me, and then like that resonates with me, and I like carry it forward, and I tell it to someone else, um, or I respond back to you, and like it morphs and things change, and that's how like ideas grow. And so I'm, I mean, as a person who's writing a, a, a book that is very much a derivative off of, off of Board Ape Yacht Club and in, involves a lot of other apes and non-apes and will be licensing and there's going to be illustrations that, that are derivatives of, of the sort of OG ape art. Um, I feel really strongly about that and I'm really proud that we're doing it because I think that we, the, the way it works is that Board Ape creates a world and we add to it by creating the concept of the valet and you've made like one step away now there was the board ape world and now there's this valet world and then in the valet world you just like you just try to put as much value into it as you possibly can and it there's like this symbiotic relationship with like the more you the more you make in the valet world the more sort of it spills back over into the board ape um that to me feels different than taking an ape and flipping it like just you know on the on the y-axis and then selling that or applying a filter to it and selling that which i think are the derivatives that are sort of most controversial do you think that a, a major reason because if you take crypto punks as an example right there are you know a lot of derivative works there i'm sure around og crypto punks holders there's a sense of community and and there's definitely a cachet to having one similar to having an ape but in my mind, I just wonder if the art itself lends itself to this sort of organic bubbling over community that, that the apes have versus what I see coming from derivatives, you know, of, of CryptoPunks. Because CryptoPunks is just a pixelated image of a punk. And I, I mean, I like the aesthetic of the art, don't get me wrong. But I, I just feel like the expressive nature of the ape and some of these other avatar projects probably lend themselves to sort of a, a greater expression within the community. What's your sort of take on that? I, I completely agree. I mean, I think a board ape is the type of thing that you can look at and you can see Jenkins, the valet or like so many others. I mean, how many apes are out there with just like deep stories about who they are. And you've got an ape mafia discord and you've got 
um, the apes with cowboy hats and uh, with the military jackets. We we did a story on the um, on the Great Ape War, and like, but that's we didn't make up the Great Ape War. Uh, an ape, you know, wrote to me and said, "Hey, I want you to tell my story about my time fighting in the Great Ape War." Um, which, which is huge, like, but, but that's possible because of the level of detail on the board apes that I think you don't really get on crypto pumps. And, and, you know, why do you, th- so it makes sense why other generative avatar projects are chasing the ape, right? I mean, everything about apes, it, it's cool. And the way the community has, just like taken everything, whether it's from the physical streetwear line or it's Jenkins, the valet, or it's, it's neon apes. There's all these different neon or ape board, ape coffee company, all these things happening. I just wonder what's missing in some of these other projects where it's just not capturing the same, because that's what everyone's chasing, right? Is it in essence that there can only be one board ape? And and that there there won't be another one, and so trying to recapture that magic is just not possible. Or do you think there's some discernible difference that you've you figured out in watching these other projects come really quickly and rapidly? Yeah, I think that I obviously it's a very complicated situation, um, but I but I have some thoughts that I feel pretty strongly about the the um, the the first and maybe like simplest is that um, I believe there are 40,000 unique wallets that transact on OpenSea every month. Now that metric may be wrong in some degree, but I think the order of magnitude is right. There's not that many, like we're, we are, this is a very early space. And so I think that the level, the number of avatar projects that have come out, like it's just a bit saturated right now. Um, especially because you can only Twitter is a really important place for the for the space. It's where we all interact with each other, and you can only have one profile picture. So I think that I think that that's that's one. But um, but I still think that there's room for projects like Board Ape to be successful going forward. And so even though it's been saturated, and that that goes against that sort of hurts most new projects that they have to overcome that. I think there's still ways you can do that, and I think I think the way you do that is is with a few. One the um, the art or really like the avatar has to be really solid. It has to be clean. It has to be expressive. It has to have properties that I think people care about. I think the best ones often make like an homage to punks, right? You have a lot of similar properties. Maybe there's a cigarette or there's a beanie uh, or there's a cowboy hat, things like that. Um, uh, because that, that, that is a reference back to like a previous time. And I think people respect that. The, the drop has to go well. We see that missed often. Either oh boy, do we. Wars, yeah, yeah. Or it doesn't work for some reason or it gets punted. And I think like it's competition is so stiff now because demand is, is really close to meeting supply at this point, or rather supply is close to meeting demand that like you have to nail it. And if you don't, I think people, people give up. And then um, you have to hit your roadmap. And the board at Yacht Club, I think, has been, and maybe Gutter Cats, and and I should say, I don't, I don't own a Gutter Cat, but uh, that's another one maybe that seems to have done an amazing job every step of the way. They did the thing they said they were going to do, and it inspires a lot of confidence. And I think that's what moves the floor up, because when you when you you mint one on the primary, maybe with the hope that you get some good properties, or just that you're happy to have one at all. 
And then there's a there's some promise. Um, I think Super Yeti made a bunch of promises. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh Board Ape also made a bunch of promises, but they've done each one of them. Um and so I, Jenkins obviously is in an avatar project. And I know this isn't exactly what you asked, but but I think it's it's maybe helpful to say because we um have watched the successful projects and have ultimately prioritized doing exactly what we think makes the good ones good, which is like, do what you say you're going to do, have the drop, uh, you know, try your best to avoid crazy gas wars, have the drop go well, have it be mobile friendly. It's like these things that are sort of silly to talk about right now, but, um, but the space is so young and web three is hard to integrate and all these things. And so it does take some work to do it. Um, And in the end, just like try to, if you launch something and you have, an ambitious goal to deliver a bunch of cool roadmap items and you do it, I think people will really like it. And there's a lot of room for future avatar projects to do. And Board Ape really set that standard. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Do we have a drop date for your project yet? Uh, I can say absolutely it's going to be next week. Oh, man. Um, the marketing exciting. website the marketing website will, um, will be live. Uh, any minute now. So, so, uh, let's see when I say next week, by the way, I mean the week of August 2nd. Um, we are just closing up some loose ends and, and really, I think if we wanted to drop today, we probably could. But when I say, um, that the drop, you want to execute the drop. Well, one thing that I think helps people a lot is to be able to make a note on their calendar that there's a project that they're interested in that's coming out. And I actually, by the way, would love to move fully away from this like drop model. You should be able, and it's one thing, we haven't talked a lot about Tally Labs, which is the parent company that that um, is overseeing the production of Jenkins. We also did the uh, F Cash Grabs project with Josh Hart. Uh, and, and we're trying to just continue to build um, characters and tools and other things that sort of make the, the NFT space um, like better. And so one thing that we talk about a ton is like, how can we stop the like drop culture? Because drops like are good for maybe some collectibles, but I think even like big time collectors would disagree. Like there should be a better way to like queue and express interest in a project and have an opportunity to buy it. And so we haven't built like a full UX for that yet, but um, what we will do is launch the website and give like six or seven days of countdown on the website so that you know, if you care, I'm gonna mark my calendar 15 minutes before that and I'll probably be able to get there instead of the like FOMO drop where it just happens and you're like, oh my gosh, I missed it. And then, and then um, you know, people get cut out. Well, and, and you know, we haven't talked about Top Shot at all in, uh, other than the very beginning, but that's where like the, the sort of UX around the drop from that product, it has had bumps, but overall, you know, I know if I'm getting one, I'm not worried about any gas. And I know if I'm getting a pack within five seconds of when the, the drop officially starts. And totally. And, and it's a very stressless process from start to finish. Uh, yeah. And so I think that, that getting the drop right and taking the extra time is something that's not just going to benefit your, your project, um, but benefit the, the collector uh, massively. Uh, because if they get used to it, to the idea that tally labs drops are painless, uh, 
that in itself is going to draw more people to the different projects that you guys have going on. I, that's a, that's a great call. Um, and like, I really appreciate that insight. I think top shot is the, is, is an amazing example. Um, uh, a top shot, getting a top shot back, forget the, what they're worth on the secondary and supply issues and things like that. But like that pack opening is like a really fun moment. Um, it's awesome. Like that's what, that's what like software should do for people. I mean, it is amazing when that thing opens up and it pops out and stuff like that. And like the, I really actually do like their, their queuing system, even though it, the numbers can be really big. Sometimes you're like, Oh, I'm really in the back of a really big line. Um, but that, that's what we want to do with, with our drops. Um, and so for this first one, uh, the way that we will sort of best accommodate that within the scope of what's like sort of possible for us today is just to give a, a, a few days heads up where people can wrap their head around the project, learn all the ins and outs, see what they get, um, and have, and have space, you know, to know if they, if they want to mint, they, they know the exact time that it's going to happen. Yeah, from an NFT perspective, I'm definitely going to support this project. And I usually try to avoid gas wars at all costs, but I'm I'm really interested in what you have going on here. But from a NFT perspective, from a scholarly perspective, uh, when I put the Dr. Jeremy hat on, I'm going to be watching the drop mechanics and, and seeing how it goes and seeing what notes others can learn from the process itself. So you know, I'm I'm really stoked for this to get released next week, and I want to thank you, Jenkins, for coming on. And as the project goes, since you've kind of been on on before it drops, I'd love to have you back on several times to kind of talk about the pro- state of the of the project itself, and um, if there's any way that this platform can be, you know, of use to to your community as this project gets going. We're we're happy to uh, have you back on at any time. I really appreciate that. I, I'm obsessed with this podcast i would love to come back on uh i think it could be super fun to come on when we've got some of the voting done but not everything so basically like drafts are being created and then maybe at some point even i could uh i could read some of it i'll i'll we'll bring like a someone with a british accent on to read some of the book and that would be pretty fun too sounds good to me we could do a couple reveals on here too so um all yeah i would love to all for it. And I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, Jenkins, the valet, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to put your social, obviously, in uh, in the show notes. And uh, we all, from the NFT audience perspective, wish you the best of luck with this drop. And I'm really excited. Thanks, Jerry. I want to thank Jenkins the Valet for joining me and uh, sharing his project. I, I think it's a project worth supporting, and I implore and encourage you to support his project, The Writer's Room, once it's released soon. Um, as always, thanks for your listens, likes, retweets, follows, everything. I'm so, so super grateful to have so many of you along the ride with this project in NFT, and it's just the beginning. Uh, you're going to have some really exciting NFT announcements coming your way soon about how the podcast is going to evolve into in real life classes. Uh, it's just, uh, it's a really, really exciting time. So um, thank you so much and uh, look forward to bringing you more episodes very soon. Take care. Take care.